This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Jason Burns and Access Church in Lakeland, Florida. For more information, visit access.tv. Hola, iglesia. Bienvenidos a nuestra iglesia. ¿Cómo están? Hey, I'm sorry. I'm still using my Spanish. I was on that trip to Honduras, and it was an incredible opportunity uh, to be there. And here's the deal. Before we even get rolling with what we have for this morning, you need to always connect the dots between our generosity here and what goes on uh, on the other side of the world in another country. And here's the reality. When I was there, two things stuck out. Number one, well, the food was incredible, but that's, that's, that's beside the point. But um, the big thing was there were certain places when we went to um, Honduras, places that we traveled to, where someone would say, hey, Isaiah, like, we built this you know, a few years ago, or we built this building a, a few years ago. And it was just so cool to see our generosity here and then see the other side of that. Like, really, what we do is changing lives, and it really matters. And I know we did some things there and uh, in Honduras on our trip that I know in future years, they're going to be able to look back and say, oh, man, the team in, in 2022 did that. So I just want you to know, like, man, your generosity goes so far, and it was an incredible trip. One more time for Honduras, what we're doing there. Love it. Love it. My name is Isaiah. I get to serve as our youth pastor here at Access Church. If we've never met, if you're with us online, we're so glad that you're with us. One more time for those online. Come on, they got out of bed this morning. And we love you. We see you with that crazy hair. We, see, we still see you. No, I'm playing. But uh, love that you guys are here. And thank you all so much that call this church your home church. Thank you for being here. It's not the same when you're not here. Um, so we're going to roll. Um, over the next few weeks, I'm going to walk us through a series entitled Details. Everybody say details. Details. Small things that make a big difference. We're going to roll with that. I'm excited over these next few weeks, what we get to uncover and uh, discover together. So let's pray, and then we're going to make it happen in here. Lord, we love you. Thank you for this awesome moment. We've worshiped together, and we've heard all that, that's happening here in the life of this beautiful church that you've created, that you're, that you're sustaining. And now as we hear from your word, do something so cool. Speak to us, challenge us, change us. So when we hit those doors in the back, we are never the same. We love you. And everyone said... Amen. All right. So if you didn't know this, maybe you're, you're here in Lakeland, you don't know, and you're here in person. Maybe you're online. You've never been to Lakeland. You may not know. Lakeland is home to Southeastern University. Anybody from Southeastern University here? Anybody? Or a couple of them. They'll be back in the fall. <laughs> a couple of us. And, and so if you don't know what Southeastern is, it's a Christian college. And a, a main thing that they do is they raise up the next generation of church leaders. So I'm talking pastors and church planners and youth pastors and things like that. Well, in my role here um, as our youth pastor, I get to rub shoulders with a lot of young people that are 19 and 20 and 21 that want to go into ministry. In other words, they want my job here at the church, but they can't have it. They can fight me for it. I'm serious. No, but, uh, but I get to rub shoulders. Anyway, lately it's been cool. A lot of students I've been talking with are asking me some of the, the it's different words, same, same heartbeat. And, and the question is this. You ready? The question is, Pastor Isaiah, how do I interview for a church job. And so I feel like more and more my, my, my answers becoming the same. It's like, it's, it's kind of like interviewing anywhere else, except it isn't. <laughs> like, it, it kind of is, but it's kind of not. I, I remember some years ago, I was being interviewed at a church for a position, and I remember the, the, the senior pastor sat down very serious and, and started asking me some deep theological questions. What's your opinion, Isaiah? What, where do you stand on this? And 
to be honest, I was starting to sweat. I'm like, oh man, I don't know. I'm going off of what I thought I do. And it's just crazy, right? Because it's one thing to be at home and talking through social issues that are sensitive and, and theological issues that are deep. It's one thing to be doing that at home with a friend in a relaxed environment. But it's a whole nother deal when I'm like, on the other side of this could be a job, so I gotta answer the right way. And so it's not like it, it like anything else. I began to think to myself, my friends who are working at McDonald's, I wonder if they had to go through the same thing that I'm kind of going through. And, and I realized, yeah, they're not. So it's not like anything else, but, but then it is, right? So you do have your typical get-to-know-you type questions. And so they ask, you know, things like, I say, what's your favorite food? To which I have to reply, because it's true, buffalo wings. Come on, anybody else? Buffalo wings? Yep. I got to tell them, you know, they're just amazing. If I were to die tomorrow, God forbid, but if I were to die tomorrow tonight, I want buffalo wings tomorrow. I want to have the, the bubble guts, and I'll go out like that. Uh, it's cool. Like, I'm going out like that. But I, I would say buffalo wings. You know, they ask you typical questions like, hey, do you have any, do you have any kids? I, I do have two kids. I got to show them to you because they're beautiful. Look at this. Oh, Noel and Nehemiah. Come on. I made that, everybody. I just need you to know I made that. Noel's adopted, but I still made that. I don't care. But, um... You know, this is my kids. So I do have kids. And then they come to these infamous questions that are like almost anywhere else. And raise your hand if you've heard this before. Give us one of your strengths and one of your weaknesses. Raise your hand if you've ever heard that. Look at us. So many of us online. I see you. Um, this is a popular question. I always start with my strength first. I feel like that's only right. It's only fair. So I give them my strength, the thing I'm good at. And I say this word, joy. Everybody say joy. Now, if you know me, this is, this is true. I, I don't know why, but I've been gifted by the Lord and his great mercy. Um, no matter what's happening in my life, I always just kind of am able to carry a disposition of joy. It's probably a gift and a curse, but, but mostly it is a, it's a gift for me. Um, so I always lead with that. I'm not perfect. I don't have the perfect life and the perfect family. And I do have bad days like ever. I'm, I'm normal, but it just seems to be no matter what happens in my life, I'm able to carry a general disposition of joy. So that's what I lead with. And then we come to the weaknesses. And I tell them one thing. I'm honest. I'm open. I'll be honest in front of you. Here it is. Details. Everybody say details. Now, if you know me enough in the room, don't amen right here. Don't say anything. I don't want to see any head. If you know me online, don't type anything right now in the comments. But this is true, man. It's true of me that, that man, details are, it's a weak spot for me. And it's not that I don't care about details. It's not that they're not important. They certainly are. It's just I don't see them as naturally as other people. So on the count of three, if you are a details person, raise your hand. One, two, three. Where are you at? Details. Okay, let's give it up for them. Come on, come on. Yeah, yeah, give it up for them. All right, non-details person, wave your hands. Yeah, that's my people. I think they're important. I just, I don't see them as, my wife is different. She can, I mean, she just sees it. She can come in a room right now and tell me three, four things that are off. And I'm like, how? I, I don't know how you do it. But this is, this is one, of my, one of my weak spots. But I won't deny it. Details are important. See, details can take a good conversation and make it a great conversation. Just the detail of someone not looking at their phone while they're talking to you can change your whole outlook on a person, right? Like just, just the detail of them remembering your name at the end of a conversation can, can take that interaction from being good to great. Details, they're important. It could be the difference between a four-star experience and a five-star experience experience. It can be the difference between a good gift and then a gift that is well given. You ever had a gift that you're like, yo, they really thought about the details made the difference. We know this. It could be the difference between a good organization and a great organization. It can be the difference even in the financial world of you could save $100 a month for 30 years and the one detail that would change the game in your finances would be compound 
interest, that interest built up over time, man, 30 years later, you'd have a ton of money. So details are important. I want to talk to you today about the detail of our thoughts, the detail of our thoughts, the things that we think. I want to talk to us about that. So today, we're going to go right now. You can write this in your notes, or uh, if you have a physical Bible, you can turn it right now. We're going to the book of Mark. Now, Mark is housed in what we call the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are what we call the Gospels. They chronicle the life and the ministry of Jesus. And we're going to read a story today that's found in three of the four Gospels. Now, here's what you need to know about Mark. Mark writes his account of the Jesus story, the Jesus narrative, with kind of like a fast-paced, action-packed version of it. Mark puts his emphasis on what Jesus did rather than what Jesus said. So you're going to find the word immediately in the book of Mark 41 times because he's on the move. Mark's account of Jesus is on what Jesus did rather than what Jesus said. Today we'll be in Mark chapter 5, but I'm going to back up. I'm going to hit reverse and go to Mark chapter 4 to tell you this. Jesus has just demonstrated victory and power over danger. In Mark chapter 4, you find a story of of, a tumultuous storm going on, and Jesus says, shh, peace, be still. You probably remember that story. First 20 verses of Mark chapter 5, Jesus not only demonstrates power over danger, but over demons. In Mark chapter 5, the first 20 verses, you see the demon-possessed man is brought healing by way of Jesus. And then we get to our story today. Jesus is going to demonstrate power over disease. So not just danger, not just demons, but disease. And and then we pick up the story like this. There's a man named Jairus, and this man named Jairus, he's a synagogue, a temple leader. He comes to Jesus, and he says, Jesus, would you come? Would you lay your hands on my daughter? She's sick, and she needs healing. Jesus says, all right, let's go. And on their way, interrupted is our story for today. Check this out. Mark chapter 5, verse 25, says this. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. Now, I'm going to let your mind raise. This is going to keep it G-rated for the young ears in here or young eyes, but you know what that is. All right. She had been suffering from bleeding for 12 years and had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet, instead of getting better, she, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, check, this is important. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Because she thought, what's that word? She thought, this girl's about to get a whole miracle because of something she, ooh, it's going to get good in here. If I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, here's that word used 41 times in the book of Mark. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt it in her body, that she was free from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. And so he turned in the crowd and he asked, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, Jesus, the disciples said, and and yet you ask, who touched me? They're like, Jesus, there's a lot of people around you. Somebody, everybody touched you. And he said, he kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. So here it is. Here's my whole sermon in one sentence. Our thoughts are a seemingly small detail that can make a big difference in my life. This woman got a whole miracle from Jesus because of something she, 
whoo, y'all not ready for something she thought. She had faith. Her faith healed her. Her faith drove her to think something and put some action behind it. And she got a whole miracle. But here's the deal. My thoughts are a seemingly small detail that can make a big difference in my life. So for the rest of the time, here's what I want to do. I want to unpack just three truths about our thoughts. And I promise you it's going gonna, it's gonna to come alive for you this morning. And, and man, it's going to be a good time. So here's the first one. Your crowd will influence your thoughts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your, your crowd, it'll influence your thoughts. You see this lady, she, verse 27 says that she heard about Jesus and then she decided to go with the crowd. She, she went with the crowd that was going with Jesus. Jesus was on his way to do a miracle for somebody else, but she gets in the crowd that's with Jesus, and she goes with it. It says this. It says a large crowd followed. Remember, Jesus was popular at this time in his day, in his age. He was a popular man. So they followed, and, and they pressed in all around him, and a woman who was there, she'd been bleeding for 12, excuse me, 12 years. Then it says this. Oh, wait, that's it, actually. But anyway, so she gets in, and she gets in around the crowd. She gets with the crowd that's following Jesus. Now, two years ago, 2020, a whole lot was going on. We know that. Uh, but there was a study that came out that said, we think as humans about 6,000 to 6,200 thoughts per day. That's a lot. Some of you are thinking like, man, I think a lot more than that. Some of the wives are like, yeah, my husband doesn't think that many thoughts a day. But whatever. They, that's what they say. They say about 6,000 thoughts a day. Now, I believe some of those thoughts are us-initiated. Like, we, we just come up with it on our own. But when I, when I think about that, when I ponder that, man, I wonder how many thoughts we think are because of the crowd around us, the people around us. In other words, you could be minding your own business, living your life, and somebody may say something over here that triggers a thought in your mind, and now you went down a whole rabbit tra trail because of something somebody else said. Has that ever happened to you? You're just like, I wasn't even thinking about this, but since they said something, now I am. Now my mind's on it. So, so your crowd, it'll influence your thoughts. You, you have to know that if you're a young person in here and you're, you're an access youth, you're in grades 6 to 12, I need you to know this. I, I love you. And, and as the youth pastor, I want you to know God's love and his care for you. And I want you to know that he's with you. And this is a tough time in your life, but God is there every step of the way. But equally as important, I want you to keep good people around you. Because this is big. If you're a parent, elbow your teenager and say, yeah, he's talking to you. Yeah, he's right. He's right. Yeah, yeah. I want you to keep good people around you because who you're around influences your thoughts. We do four things here at Access Church. One of them is um, our access groups. And these are not just so we can pump ourselves full of numbers and we can just gauge, merely gauge the engagement we're having with people. Those are all great. But at the end of the day, we want you to get out of these rows, into circles with people who have the same interests um, like you and, and that have a Christ-like mindset. And ultimately, what, you, what we want you to do is take off the mask that we all wear when we wake up and, and be real with some people. But along with that, man, we want to put a crowd of people around you that think in a Christ-like way and they get you on the way that you should be. Does this make sense? So your, your crowd always will influence your thoughts. No matter what you're thinking, you have to have the right crowd around you. So young people, you always got to be thinking like, who's around me? Who has a voice into my life? And should they have that voice? Because the crowd will always influence your thoughts. Okay. So growing up, I only played one sport and that sport was basketball. And here's the reason why I'm not strong enough for football. Football's crazy and they're wild. And so I was like, yeah, I'm not doing that. This is why. So I played basketball. But I remember my dad, he always told me, he said, Isaiah, if you want to get better. You want to excel at basketball, you got to start playing with guys that are about a level or two 
um, ahead of you. They're better than you. They're bigger, faster, stronger. They can dunk. They can do all these things you can't do. You got to be around people like that and you will grow. I began to do that as a high school student. I felt like I, I got a little bit better. There was a, a middle school, elementary school, I'm sorry, around our house. Um, and so I would go there. A lot of guys would come up and, and just play. And every once in a while, you'd catch somebody there that was not one or two levels better than me. He was about four or five levels better than me. And I would, I'd be like, yo, who is this guy? Like, why is he dunking on me? Why is he pushing me down, calling my mom, all kinds of stuff? And it's just, it's just like, who is this dude? And so, but they would say from time to time, oh, that guy, he's out of college. He's, he's, he plays overseas. And I'm like, ah, no wonder why he's so good. He's, he's way out, like he's way further along. And so I would try to sneak in like a little conversation with that, with that guy. What I found out is this, that his approach to the game was not merely on what he did. It was how he thought. It, it, was, it was the way his mindset approached the game of basketball. That was the difference. So what I'm saying is, man, your crowd, the people that you're around. I thought to myself, I need to be around people like him because they're not merely doing things different. They think different. Does this make sense to you, church? They're thinking different. They're thinking on another wavelength, on another level. And man, if I want to truly like, get there, that's what I have to be. And it's the same in our life. It's a small detail, but it's so true. We all have to get around the right crowd. This woman gets around the right crowd that's with Jesus, and it changes the game for her. Here, here's the second thing. You could write this in your notes. Our thoughts may not be accurate, but they have power. This is good right here. Our thoughts may not be accurate, but they have power. Here's the reality. There was no billboards on the side of Jerusalem streets that said, hey, um, here's Jesus. You want a miracle? Call 1-800-TOUCH-HIS-CLOTHES. Like, there was none of that. Like, there was no, like, texting, like, yo, I heard if you touch Jesus' clothes, you're going to be healed. There was none of that. Like, this woman just comes up. She interrupts Jesus. He's on his way to heal somebody else. She interrupts him and grabs a whole, she robs Jesus of a whole miracle. Here's what I love about this. This lady, check this out. She determined she wasn't in the queue. She wasn't in the line. It was not her turn, but it was her time. This woman determines that, you know what? She had some faith, and she put some faith on top of this thought, and that thought turned into action. She said, it's not my turn. Jesus is going to do something way more important. He's on his way to heal somebody else, but I'm going to get in here because it may not be my turn, but it is my time. I love this. Here, here's the reality. She thought, that the clothes of Jesus would heal her. What she discovered is that the clothes were on the healer. Woo! Somebody didn't catch it. It'll be Tuesday and somebody, oh, that's what he was talking about. She thought that the clothes of Jesus would heal her. What she discovered is that the clothes were on the healer. So she gets to Jesus and she touches him. And I need you to see this. The Bible says this. She thinks to herself. Matthew 9, 21 said that she said to herself. She didn't say it to nobody else. She said to herself. Mark says that she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I just may get what I need. All right, so I went to Israel in 2018. I'm going to have my friend, my brother, Jason, come up and illustrate this. Can we make some noise for Jason up in here? My man, young adults, he serves. He's one of our youth leaders. He's going to be our model just for the next couple moments. So I went to Israel in 2018. It was an incredible, incredible trip. And so they had this, like, gift shop thing, and I wanted to be like Jesus. And so I said, give me the robe that Jesus wore, and they gave me this. So this is all. I'm kidding. It's not true. But anyway, so I'm going to put this on you. What they taught us is that this whole thing is called a tallit. Everybody say tallit. 
All right, so this whole thing is called a tallit. Now, at the, it's a prayer shawl, and so a good observant Jew in Jesus' day would have worn this. Now, there's different shapes and forms, but, but, but this one will do. Here's the deal. On the tallit, there's what's called, it's going to come up on the screen, tzitzit. Everyone say that, tzitzit. Seat, seat. Here it is. And there were these four appendages, these four tassels. There's two over here. There's two over here. These were to remind the, the people, the people that wore of God's law, of God's commandments. And so when the Bible says that she touched, your version of the Bible may say the hem of his garment or the, the, his cloak or the edge or the corner. When she touches that, she touches the seat, seat. So it's not that she takes Jesus' whole robe off and puts it on her. She just has enough faith and a thought that says, if I can just touch this, then I will be healed. We don't know how long she grabbed it, but what we do know is that she said, if I can just touch this, immediately power went from Jesus and she was healed. I love this because Jesus was God in man, in, in flesh form, right? He comes as a man in flesh form, and so he comes to touch us and to heal us. But with this garment, what this teaches us is not only does Jesus touch us, but we have the ability to touch him. So I don't know what it is that you need today. I, I don't know what it is, what, what need, what bother, what concern is in your life that you're just saying, you know what, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't even know if it's my turn. God, me and you have had beef. God, you might be dealing with somebody else more important, better than me, but God, I just need something. I just want to encourage you. If you reach out, you'll find everything that you need. This lady says, you know what, I, I just need to touch just, just this, and immediately she's healed. Make some noise for my man, Jason. My man. That's yours to keep, man. I'm just kidding. I need that for third service. But, but, um, <laughs> but she says this, and Jesus comes in a way to touch us, but then he comes in a way for us to touch him. Our thoughts may not be accurate, but they have power. Come on, church, you may be thinking things that are wrong. This lady, she was a little bit superstitious because she thought the clothes would heal her, and that's not really the case, but it didn't even matter. Her faith and this thought and this action gave her the healing that she wanted. Her thoughts were wrong, but she still got what she needed. You don't have to be perfect, but you do have to reach out. Does this make sense to you, church? We don't have to be perfect. We don't have to be uh, well-placed, well in order. All we have to do is simply reach out. So she, she does this, and she gets a miracle from Jesus. Here, here's the deal. Uh, what we think drastically gives us life or death. It, it's our thoughts, the, 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 the things that we ruminate on, the things that we process, and the things that we have in our mind. All of that, and that gives us life or death. Some of us have experienced things that actually haven't even happened because we've seen it so much in our mind. Some of us live in horror or in terror or in the state of, of fear of things that have never happened, but because it's gotten into our mind, it's robbed us of life. So we always need to remember, man, this little detail of what you think. Yeah, nobody else can see it. And yeah, unless you say something, they may never know it. But here's the reality. It's a big, big detail, and it's huge for us to get today. I think the trick that the enemy uses in our lives is just that. Oh, your thoughts don't matter. Like, nobody's ever going to know. Nobody's ever, but they absolutely do matter. It, it, it's an illusion to make you think that they're not as important as they really are. This is the detail that I'm talking about. It's the detail of our thoughts. You got to watch the crowd that you're around. They influence your thoughts. Your thoughts may not be perfect, but they do have power. Here's the third truth right here. Your thoughts 
make way for God's best in your life. Your thoughts make way for God's best in your life. Let's pick up the story one more time. It says this. It says, because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. And immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt it in her body. She felt that she was freed from her suffering. So let's rewind the tape. Let's look at the whole story. This lady is nameless. She doesn't even have a name. We just know her by her issue. This lady pushes through a lot of people to get to Jesus. This lady was likely isolated because of her condition. It wasn't like she could be around the general public. According to, to the Old Testament and according to the law, this lady, because of her condition, she would have been isolated. If she had a husband, she probably no longer had a husband because she was now deemed unclean. If she wanted a husband, if those hopes and dreams went out the window. Now she has whatever money she has, she spends it on doctors. Instead of getting better, she's getting worse. And she interrupts Jesus to get this miracle off of some faith that led her to, have, to think and have a thought. This is, this is it. But God had the best in store for her. He had the best in store for her for a few reasons. Number one, it was immediately an instant. This wasn't a miracle that took time. And I believe that God sometimes does work in process and in time, but sometimes God has the ability, well, all the time he has the ability, but sometimes he works in an instant. And that's what he did for this woman. He worked in an instant and it was complete and totally done. Also, this, this, this was God's best because you know what? She touched Jesus. We read it today that the, the, the disciples say this. They say, Jesus, everybody's touching you. Everybody. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. She touched me. A lot of people are bumping me, but she touched me because immediately when she touched him, power and virtue went out from Jesus. What I'm trying to say is you can do all the right things. You can come to church and still never touch Jesus. You got to catch that. You can go to Honduras. You can pay your tithe. You can serve here at the local church, but never really touch Jesus. Jesus said, no, no, no. She didn't bump me. Somebody touched me because I felt something leave me and go to them. And Jesus knew who it was. This, was. this was complete and instantaneous. I mean, this, was, this pushed her to get this healing that was incredible. She touched him. It got Jesus's attention. And here's the other thing. She got God's best for her because she goes from the woman with the issue of blood. Check this out. The woman with the issue of blood. You go to verse 34. Jesus calls her what? Daughter. This was God's best, that she wouldn't just be a woman labeled by her issue, but she would be daughter. This term of endearment, this term of family. Jesus' best, God's best for her was not that she would be unclean. Remember, an unclean person, if they touch a clean person, the clean person is then defiled. Not so with Jesus. When she, being unclean, touched Jesus, being clean, she ends up changed. You see that in the scripture, right? She ends up becoming changed. Why? This was God's best for her life. Off of a single thought. Here's the thing for your notes. A single thought can change your life. Oh, a single thought can, can change your life. This girl said not to everybody, to herself. She thought to herself, if I touch Jesus, I will be here. This single thought changed her life. She had faith behind it. It was her faith that healed her. That faith triggered a thought, triggered an action. She got a miracle from Jesus. So here's what I'm trying to say. If you want God's best in your life, you probably need to watch what you think. You probably need to think about what you think about. 
you, you probably ought to need to start telling yourself good things about God so that your mind can start thinking those things so that you can get God's best for your life. You may be just one thought away from everything you've ever wanted, everything you've ever been asking God for. Are you hearing me, church? You might be so close, and all it is is one thought. A single thought can change your life. It did for, for this lady. So, so some of us need to start rewiring our brain and telling ourselves good things about God, that he loves us, that he cares for us, that he sees us, that he understands us, that though we may be in a hard time, it won't last forever because with him, we are more than conquerors in Christ. You, you might be telling yourself right now, I'm broken, I'm hurt, I need healing, and all you need to do is begin to change how you think. Are you hearing me, church, today? This is big. This detail of thought. It's big. So, so here it is. I'm going to close out our time with something practical. Let's talk, let's talk practical. From this message, I know you've heard it now, and, and I would encourage you to go back and read it uh, on your own. Man, it's so powerful what Jesus does in this moment. Remember, he's on his way to do something else, but he's so good with interruptions. I don't know how you are. I'm not necessarily the best with interruptions, but Jesus is. <laughs> Jesus gets interrupted and heals this, this girl and, and then is on his way and heals somebody else. And it's an incredible, incredible story. But let's talk practical. Here's what you need to do. Here's what I'm challenging us to do as a church family. Number one, evaluate your crowd and make changes. Yeah, yeah. Who has a voice in your life? Who has a voice in your life? Who has, has the voice that when they say something, they influence you? So this week, take some time to think about that. You may not even know the voices that influence you. But this week, maybe you'll take a couple moments and just evaluate your crowd and make changes. It's not easy, but it's necessary. So some of us are going to have to let go of the crowd we've been running with because they're not running in the direction that we should be running. Some of us, maybe you don't need to get anyone, get anyone out of the crowd. You just need to evaluate to make sure you're in the right crowd. This lady gets in the right crowd to get what she needs. So I'm going to challenge you to do that. I'm going to do that. We're all going to do this together. We're going to look at the crowd, the people that have voices in our life, and we're going to evaluate, all right, is this the right crowd? Are they moving me to where I need to be? Are they moving me towards God's best, or are they not? Number two is this. Think about what you think about. <laughs> yeah, this, this, is, this is a weird one, but this will trip you up, but, but you need to. I need to. We need to think about what we're thinking about. So this week, here's the challenge. Take 15 minutes between now and next Sunday. Pull out a piece, of, a piece of paper, a pen or pencil, and just begin to write some of your thoughts. Some of you guys do this already. You journal regularly. But for those of us that don't, like, man, do that this week, 15 minutes. Warning, it might scare you what you think about. <laughs> like, you might be like, yo, I don't know where this came from. And, and it may not be accurate. You may be looking at thoughts and you're like, I don't even know why I'm thinking about this. I don't even know why, like, like this is even in here. Where did this even come from? But what you'll see is that those thoughts do have power. You, you, the Holy Spirit might open up your mind to something. You might be like, man, I didn't even know this was an issue or a problem. But now that I've written it out, oh, man, like, now I can address it. And, and, and you may say, Lord, help me in this area. Think about what you're thinking about. And here's the third one. Train your mind. Yeah, train your mind. Be begin to train your mind to think on God's love and God's care for you and, and how he's with you and he understands you. And if you're broken or hurting, you can go to him. Just one touch can change the game. Just one thought can change the game. So train, uh, train your mind. Do this every single day. You may be closer than you think to getting what you're asking for. You might just need to change one thought because a single thought can absolutely do that. Does this help you this morning, church? Is this helping you out? Come on, is this helping you out? 
so good. If it's not for you, it's helping me out. I'm preaching to myself then here today. But listen, this is big, man. The detail of our thoughts absolutely matters. I love that Jesus shows up in this way just to remind us. Man, you put some faith with what we're thinking when we honor God with our thoughts, with some faith behind it, and nothing is impossible. Con Dios, nada es imposible. Nothing is impossible with God. Let's pray all over the room. Lord, we love you. Thank you for this moment. Thank you, you, the, 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 you Jesus. You came down as God in flesh to touch us, to heal us. At the same time, we now have access to you. At the same time, we now have permission to go to you. And with just one touch, with an act of faith, with a thought that leads to an action, we can get anything that we need from you. You are our all-sufficient Savior. So we love you. I pray today, right now, Lord, that you would help our church family to train our mind in the way that it needs to go to reorient some of the thoughts that we're having, Lord, to train our mind to think on, on good things, Lord, because we just might be so close to everything we're asking if we change the way we think. Lord, I, I pray that you would help us to think about what we think about and to take inventory of that. And Lord, as we do that, be there in the middle, be there in the moment to help us navigate those thoughts properly. Lord, help us to evaluate those that are around us to make sure that we're in the crowd like this woman. We're in the crowd that we need to be. We love you. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm going to just ask this question. And if you're, not, if you're here and you're saying, man, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not where I need to be with God. I'm not where I want to be with God. Maybe you're saying, like, I, I used to be good, but I've kind of fallen off. I want to make a new decision to start fresh. In just a moment, I'm going to ask you to slip up your hand and put it back down. We want to pray for you and come alongside you in those next steps. If you're online with us, man, I want to do the same. I want to do the same for you. So right now, one, two, three, if that's you. Go ahead, lift your hand up and put it back down. Absolutely. Hands going up. Love it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're saying, man, I want to make a decision to follow Jesus. Today's going to be a new start. I'm going to be a new, fresh person as of today. Online, I see you. I'm believing there's people on the other side of that camera that are making that decision all over this room. Pray it in your own heart, in your own words. Jesus, I am a sinner. I've done things that are wrong. I've done things that, 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 that are not right. But today, I'm accepting your gift of forgiveness. Today, I'm making you Lord and Savior over my life. Lead me, guide me, take me forward. Lord, I want to move forward in you from this day. I'm never going to be the same. My whole life is in your hands as of this moment, new and fresh. I love you. In Jesus' name, come on. Amen. We have people. Come on, church. We have people that accepted Jesus. That's incredible. That's what we do it for. Come on, make some noise for that.